Well, welcome to another edition of Missouri Farm Bureau's podcast, Digging In. I'm Garrett Hawkins and am thrilled to be joined today by Senator Josh Hawley. Uh, this has been something that's been in the works for a while, and, and clearly we know that Senator Hawley um, is engaged in a whole host of issues, but it's a special treat. He's in D.C. right now, but we're able to record this podcast, and we're going to dive into energy and really wherever else the conversation takes us. So, Senator, welcome to Digging In. Hey, Garrett. Thank you so much for having me. So tell me, how's the mood or climate in D.C. right now before we jump into <laughs> the issue du jour? <laughs> well, you know, I, I think uh, my attitude is this. We just got to make it to November and uh, give the people of our state and all across the country a chance to weigh in on this administration's disastrous, disastrous agenda. You know, I've, I've never seen a more radical administration in my lifetime you and I are about the same age. And, you know, this is, I mean, this is, it's truly historic. I'll say that for Joe Biden. He's been a historic president. I mean, historic inflation, historic gas prices, historic diesel, uh, historic energy prices all across the board, historic crisis at the border, historic crime wave. So, you know, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, it's, it's really unbelievable. And uh, it, it's terrible, obviously, for the people of our state. It's terrible for farmers in our state. And uh, we've got to change direction, and we'll have a chance to do that come November. Well, certainly unbelievable is one way to describe it, except it's so believable when we pull up to the pump or when I recently got uh, my fertilizer bill from this past uh, spring. So we just had, uh, we're kicking off policy development here at Farm Bureau, had our state resolutions committee in uh, the past couple of days. And clearly inputs, energy prices, all these things are on farmers' minds. Uh, but I mean, they're on the minds of every Missourian. Uh, so I know you have really been talking a lot about energy, which one we appreciate. I mean, you can't go into a feed store or a local cafe. I mean, I guarantee you any Missourian can come up with a common sense energy policy. I mean, that's, that's especially within Farm Bureau, we've talked about that for years. You're talking about common sense energy policy and would love for you to share with our listeners what's on your mind and what are some of the policy positions you're putting on the table. Well, you're right, Garrett. It's not hard. You know, it's not complicated. The energy policy that's best for our state and for the country is to let the American people produce our own energy in this country. I mean, we had a a common sense energy policy just over a year and a half ago before this president came to office. You know, a year and a half ago, we were energy independent. We exported more energy than we consumed. Gas prices in our state were below half what they are now. You know, in Missouri, in January of 2021, gas prices were about 210 on average across the state. And, uh, you know, now the national average is up around $5. We're a little lower than that right now in Missouri, but not much. Uh, it, it's just, it is truly, truly exceptional. So here's the bottom line is let's let American energy producers of all kinds oil, natural gas, biofuels, all of the above. Let's let them loose and produce as much energy as we can. And I've introduced legislation that would reverse the Biden administration's shutdown of American energy. Okay, so so let's talk about that. I'm assuming you're talking about pipelines. You're talking about regulatory reform. You know, how do we just how do we kickstart or jumpstart energy production again? Because it seems like there, you know, you pick up newspapers and there are multifacets to to this issue, including you know a lack of investment in refining capacity, um, even. So where where do you begin, Senator? 
Well, I think that a lot of what we're seeing in terms of the bottleneck in, in energy in the country really is the result of the Biden administration and their regulations. You know, because investment in, in energy production in the country is going to be determined by what the federal government will permit, uh, by how profitable it is, whether you can get drilling uh, new permits, whether you can drill on federal land. So here's what I would do. I would reverse everything Joe Biden did. It's basically just see what Joe Biden did, just do the opposite, which is generally a good rule, I found. You know, just see what they're doing and do the opposite, and that'll be good for Missouri and good for the country. So here's what Biden did in his first few days in office. He came right in and he froze all new drilling on federal lands. He froze the leases. He canceled the Keystone Pipeline. Uh, He imposed uh, new regulations on the energy industry across the board. At the same time, he allowed Russia to open up its pipelines just inexplicably. So you had a a concerted effort to shut down American energy production, and we just need to reverse that. We need to come in and say we're going to open back up leasing on federal lands. We're going to open back up the leasing process for oil and natural gas. We're going to open back up our pipelines and streamline the permitting process. And uh, we're going to allow Americans to produce more energy everywhere and in every form that we possibly can. And think about the uh, gas, the price of gasoline and, and uh, energy more generally, Garrett, as, as you know, is that it's, it is a futures market. So, yeah, while it's true that if we start drilling today, that won't immediately be available, that supply will not immediately be available at the pump. I mean, that's obvious. Nevertheless, the mere fact that you would be increasing future supply will change the futures market and will begin to bring down gas prices. So it's not as if it can't be done. It was just done by the previous administration. And frankly, for Joe Biden to sit around and say, well, you know, we, we shouldn't drill anymore because it wouldn't have any immediate impact. I mean, for heaven's sake, that is a council of despair. It is a recipe for the decline and destruction of the American energy industry. And frankly, for the decline of this country. And uh, I, for one, am not willing to go along. So I want to dovetail that with what we're seeing play out uh, in, in the form of the administration's whole of government or all of government approach to, to climate change. I mean, you and I have talked quite about quite a little bit about that um, <laughs> during our interactions. And, you know, maybe you've seen some of the pieces that we're writing to, to bring attention, not just to our members, but to the public at large about what's happening in the form of a green agenda. You know, earlier this week, we sent out an action alert to our members, encouraging them to weigh into the Securities Exchange Commission on their climate disclosure rule. You know, we're trying to raise awareness that this isn't just about publicly traded companies, but it's about farmers and ranchers ultimately being impacted when scope three of the rule forces these companies to to require all sorts of documentation and climate disclosures all through their value or supply chains. So, you know, at a time that we're lacking energy policy, we're also seeing um, efforts that only complicate uh, matters in, in fuel, as well as just allowing us to farm and ranch. So what are you thinking on, on the climate agenda and what's happening even in the SEC right now? Well, I think the climate agenda shows you where this administration's true priorities are. They think that American farmers just like American energy producers, are the problem. You know, and that's just the simple truth. They won't always say it out loud, but, but more and more often they are saying it out loud. You know, and, and uh, they would prefer that we really not do much farming in this country, just like 
they would prefer that we not really produce any energy in this country. and They want us to buy our energy overseas, and they'd be content for us to buy food overseas and to meet all of our supply needs overseas. And, boy, that would be a total disaster, not to mention deeply destructive of our way of life in the state of Missouri. You know, you and I have talked about this a lot. I'm proud of the fact that farming is the backbone of our state historically, that farming is the backbone of our state culturally, you know, that the, the farm way of life, the farm culture, the farm values, that really informs who we are as Missourians, including those Missourians who, who don't themselves grow up on a farm or don't have much contact with it, but they're shaped by it too. And I don't want to lose any of that. And, of course, agriculture is also our number one industry, and there's no way that I'm going to acquiesce in this administration's attempts to destroy it. So, you know, uh, you can look at a couple things they're doing. You mentioned the new SEC rule. It's a disaster. You know, I mean, the whole climate agenda is an anti-farm agenda. Uh, there's the Waters of the United States rule, back from the dead. You know, same thing. That That is another supposedly an environmentally friendly agenda. It's really just an anti-farm agenda. And all of these things link up, Garrett. I mean, the, the anti-energy, anti-farm agenda is really one thing, and it's really about transforming this country into a nation that just consumes stuff where we don't produce anything, don't produce our own food, don't produce our own energy, but where we're dependent on other people, we just consume stuff, and uh, we live according to the woke liberal values of this administration. And uh, that ain't going to happen. It's just not going to happen in the state of Missouri or nationally. And uh, we're going to make sure it doesn't come November. Well, you're painting a very clear picture. I can say that, Senator, today. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a little bit. Uh, it, it's, a, uh, it's a frightening picture. It's a frightening picture. But it can get better. Well, you know, Again, your team, you all are seeing that we are going on the offense and telling the great story of farmers and ranchers in this space of climate change. You know, we are the frontline conservationists. We are the frontline innovators. And it shows by the progress that we have made in environmental stewardship. And Senator, you you know as well, I mean, Missourians since the mid-80s have put in place the one-tenth cent sales tax, half of which goes to state parks, the other half that goes to soil and water conservation. You know, Missourians know how to put stewardship first, and we've done that for, for decades. And so, you know, with your help and the congressional delegation's help, we certainly have a great story to tell in these policy debates in Washington, D.C. Missourians know how to lead, and we lead in agriculture, and certainly we are leading in the space of conservation, in my opinion. Well, and farmers know how to lead, and farmers know how to care for their land. And that's really the core of it, is that there's a reason that farmers are the best conservationists in the world, and it's because that's their livelihood. And more than that, it, it, it's, it's their history. It, it, it's what they love. You know, and I'll, I'll never forget, um, as a, the first conversation I ever had about environmentalism was when I was about eight years old. And it was with my grandpa, Garrett, who's no longer with us, but uh, who's a lifelong farmer, uh, as are uh, much of my family. And I remember uh, being with grandpa, and I can't remember what occasioned the conversation, but we were up, I think, in the combine, if memory serves. And uh, he just said to me, matter of factly, he said, nobody takes better care of the land than I do because I love the land and it's my life. And, you know, that's true for every farmer. So I, that's what the environmentalist wackos don't understand. That's what these climate change crazies don't understand. They don't, they don't actually know a whole lot about the land. I don't think they love it. It's certainly not in the way that, uh, that farmers and ranchers do. And uh, they don't really understand that when you have a way of life that is based on the land, that is centered around the land, 
that you come to love it and want to protect it and want to see it, it flourish generation upon generation. So we needed to get away from their weird left-wing religion of climate change and get back to the sensible kind of conservation that Missouri farmers and ranchers have been practicing for decades because it's central to our way of life. Well, if I could hit an applause button right now, I would uh, <laughs> for, for that comment. And, you know, I, I want to go back to, you know, some of the discussions we've had at the state level, particularly with the future of power transmission and, and this past session, you know, maybe you haven't seen it yet, but uh, we were able to get an eminent domain reform bill passed that really strikes a balance between the need for enhancing the grid, but also balancing it with property rights. And, and you're well aware of the project going in across northern Missouri that has really, really impacted landowners um, from the standpoint of eminent domain being used for private gain. And because of the efforts of landowners, we've been able to at least take a forward-looking approach and get a bill on the governor's desk that, that ensures that property rights have to be respected and and with the future of these high voltage transmission line projects that Missourians need to see benefit if the use of eminent domain is going to be used um, to acquire property in order to run said lines. So I want you to know that, you know, Missourians are again stepping up. We can show that in a common sense way, we should be at the table for these energy discussions. But at the same time, you can't expect uh, to trample our property rights. And, and certainly you need to, to acknowledge that this grid and, and a lot of what we enjoy today has been the, built on the backs of farmers and ranchers. So put in that on That's your right. And, and no, I, absolutely. And thank you for your leadership on that. And, and something that you said, I just want to highlight, Garrett, which is eminent domain. It should never be used for, pri for private gain. That's not what it's there for. You know, I mean, that's eminent domain is a that's a very sweeping power. I mean, it's, a, it's one that, by the way, that we have fought over a lot in American history. I mean, our fights over the use of eminent domain go way back to the founding. And there's a reason for that is, is because to take away somebody's property and their land is a very serious thing. And that's why there are very serious constraints on the ability to do that. It, it ought to happen pretty rarely. And it should never, never be for private gain. So I appreciate you fighting the fight that you are and for standing up for that principle, because if we get to a place where eminent domain can just be snap of the fingers and government can just take away what they want to take away for just about any reason from any farmer or rancher in Missouri, uh, you know, we won't have very many farmers and ranchers left. So I appreciate what you're doing. Well, I thought it was important to, to bring that up. I mean, you, you're fighting the good fight in D.C. and certainly have a lot of issues on your plate, but want you to know that you know, your farmers and ranchers and the Farm Bureau organization that you know well, uh, that we're continuing to look at, you know, these issues within our state lines. And, and again, showing, <clears throat> showing that we deserve a seat at the table in these conversations, whether you're talking about an overarching comprehensive energy policy at the national level, or what energy policies look like as they intersect private property rights here, here in Missouri. So, you know, before we wrap up, Anything else you'd like to share with our listeners that, that's on your plate or anything that they should be aware of? Well, I just think that, for my part, it is a great privilege to get to represent you. It's a great privilege to get to represent farmers and ranchers across the state of Missouri. And we're going to continue the fight here to make sure that people understand how critical farmers and ranchers are to the safety of this country, to the security of this country, to the existence of this country. And 
you know, we don't want to be in a position, all these supply chain disruptions that we've been dealing with for the last year and a half, and that this administration is making so much worse. I have to say to people in D.C., what would you like to have happen? What kind of a situation would we be in if we had to get our food from overseas? If, you know, you had to wait for, I mean, you can get a taste of this with the baby formula shortage. What if that was all of our food? What if we didn't have the capacity in this country to have our own food security, produce our own food. So I think we're at a moment in American history where the American people are saying, you know, we want to make things in America. We want to produce things in this country. And that begins with agriculture. That's always been our tradition in this country. We have always been independent. We produced our own supply of food and then exported as we continue to do and must continue to do. And I just want to say, Garrett, that I think you talk about getting our economy back on its feet, about getting working people back on their feet, that begins with a healthy farming and ranching sector where we're able to produce that food, where we are able to export it on fair terms, and we are able to supply ourselves and farmers and ranchers are healthy. And uh, that's what I'm working for every day. Well, you get a double amen on that. Um, Supply chain, we continue to talk a lot about supply chain constraints. We had an expert from MFA here meeting with our resolutions committee the other night to, to look at fertilizer. I mean, again, we're in a global marketplace. You're well aware of that. And the playing field certainly isn't level um, across the world when you look at um, essentially unfair trade practices and then obviously regulatory constraints here at home uh, that has resulted in more offshoring of the fertilizer industry. But I mean, the supply chain chain constraint issues just go on and on. And and you you have certainly put a lot of emphasis on that, and we appreciate that. You know, just one final point. When you talk about some of the regulatory issues, um, you've touched on WOTUS. That obviously has been a huge issue for Farm Bureau through the years. You know, just last week, USDA announced some additional measures to help with supply chain and investing money into certain segments of agriculture. You know, Senator, what's hard is on one hand, you want to be appreciative of that. On the other hand, a lot of the policies, particularly on the regulatory front that are being put in place are only making it harder for especially small and mid-sized farm and ranch families to survive. You know, when you look at a rule like the SEC rulemaking, it's going to only force more consolidation in agriculture for those to survive. I mean, to have attorneys and environmental compliance officers on staff on the farm to be able to help you with this paperwork requirement is going to be unreal. And so just what you can do to try to point out, you know, that there is a disconnect here, you know, that these policies do have a direct impact on farmers, particularly those who are smaller or mid-sized scale. They simply can't compete in an environment that is crushing from a regulatory standpoint. You know, and I'm, I'm glad that you pointed out the difference that these things make for, for small and medium-sized farmers, which of course, is the, the overwhelming number of farmers in Missouri. And, uh, yeah, I've got nothing against uh, big farmers. That's fine. But uh, I have to say I'm particularly concerned about small and and medium-sized independent farmers because they're really the core of of our farming sector in the state and, and from my point of view, in the country. And I think what uh, these liberals don't appreciate is that, you know, when you drive these folks out of business, it's not like you can turn a switch on and off and then, okay, well, you've, you've effectively destroyed your family farm. But, oh, if we, if, you know, in a couple of years, 
if we need the food supply, then it'll just be there. That's not how it works. I mean, you know, if you drive these folks out of business, if you shut down and kill these family farms, they don't come back. You know, and we've we've seen that in our state, unfortunately. They don't come back. And so the challenge is to save them now and to make them healthy for the future. And uh, I think that's what all of our efforts, when it comes to um, ag, that's what they've all got to be geared toward at the federal level. And uh, we can start by reversing what this administration is doing. And uh, there'll be more to do after that, for sure. But a good place to start would be to roll back these anti-farm policies, to roll back uh, the, uh, this regulatory overreach, and to allow farmers to do what they do best. I think that is a perfect place to, to wrap up this discussion or this edition of Digging In uh, when we talk about allowing farmers and ranchers to do what they do best, and that's producing a safe, affordable, abundant food supply and doing it um, with utmost care for the environment and our communities. And just, Senator, thank you for fighting for us. We've covered a lot of ground. We started about energy, but really there are so many policies that are on the minds of farmers, ranchers, small business owners, and just all Missourians. So thank you for, for staying on top of it. Uh, give our best to, to your team and to your family, and just thanks for doing what you do. Thank you so much, Garrett. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Digging In. We'll catch you next time. Take care.